This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker to talk over um, a mixed week at United, to be fair. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. If you're watching the replay, say hello, feel free to comment. We do reply, and if you're listening back on the audio podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. So I, I think we'll start with the league um, form this weekend, uh, this week, Paul. Instead of so obviously we'll, we'll knit severe into um, into the preview for it as well. Uh, before we'll, before we um, get into that, how, how have you been? How have you? How, how was your weekend? I'm fine, thank you. I was at Spurs Spurs v Bournemouth. Which, if you're a Spurs fan, it was horrific. If you're a Bournemouth fan, you're ecstatic, and and they should be, to be honest, really, because. They're decent. They're a good. They're they're a good side. They're a decent football inside on Gary O'Neill. I think they've surprised a lot of people in the manner in which they're doing it. They don't. They're not playing panic, get out of trouble football. They're still trying to play football, but very very progressive. And you know, we've seen them. They've had a few good results and performances up against some, you know, some bigger teams as such. So I wasn't surprised that they competed against Spurs. And to be honest. I'm, I'm not surprised that they actually beat Spurs after what Brighton done to Spurs. And then I'm watching Bournemouth and I'm watching the way they moved. And Spurs at the moment are kind of a, a smaller version of Manchester United at this moment in time. Issues with the people um, at the top and yeah. big issues on the pitch. I mean, their, their issue is really that fans are just blaming everything on, the, on Levy at this moment in time because of the way the team's playing. Even when they win games... Um, it's been ugly. Yeah, it's a very weird times for Spurs, but I think we say that well, every eighteen months or so. Mm. Um, probably even more frequently than that. Um, morning, Ben. Hope you're doing well, mate. Um, yeah, very eventful, but uh, a result that um, uh, Spurs Stadium that really, really did United a favour, as well as Newcastle dropping points on on Saturday as well against Aston Villa. So United needed to pull a result out of the bag, and they did it. Winning 2-0 at Nottingham Forest. Goals through Antony and Dallow. A really strong afternoon for United, really, on a weekend where they really needed to pull it out of the bag. Um, it was a funny one, Paul, really, because it looked like a nervy start at 0-0. United were playing well in attack, um, but they looked quite vulnerable in defence. And Forest were trying to expose 
Maguire. They look like they were going to do it because they got the, the yellow card on uh, Maguire very early on and he looked very shaky. I mean, in fairness, he did settle down, but I've got to say, I, I thought we were extremely lucky in not giving a penalty away. Um, but then, you know, United need that goal and they get it. Martial, funnily enough, does well to win the ball. He gets a shot off. Anthony scores from the rebound. United scored, well, they scored again, but they created so many chances and you thought they would have scored again much earlier. Not until Anthony plays Dallow in, we get the second. Um, so, yeah, it ends up being a really solid win. One, I would say, probably routine in, in the fact that Forrest offered little after we went in front. But, you know, we were, over the last couple of weeks, especially after Liverpool and Newcastle, We've been questioning or leaving open to question the mentality of the players. So to, to get the win on the board, especially after the rough... Um, we'll talk about Sevilla in a moment, but considering the number of um, injury problems we had and the way that the Sevilla game ended, you know, it felt like, is this going to be one of those moments where the team falls back on itself? We've, we've questioned their mentality in the past. So to get the win on the board, Paul, was quite important. It was, and quite a few people said this, but I'm, I'm one, definitely one of them as well did say, I was seriously disappointed with Nottingham Forest. I was expecting a lot more from Forest, especially as a fact that they, they would have themselves, I'm sure, Steve Cooper would have been looking, you know, the big changes with United, the, you know, going back almost to, back to what we can call those moody days with, with, that, with, the back, with that back four. Everyone I think was worried about it. They, ne- they except for the first 10, 15 minutes, they never showed any, uh, never showed any fight. They were just, home was their strength. Yeah. It's been their strength. They've lost four games at home all season. And that was their major strength. Away from home, they've been pitiful. And what they've done is they brought their away form, their away form home. And yeah. it was just so weak, like Lasher. They got in the final third. They never had any, nothing in there at all. Um, I think we have to look at Gibbs White was very, very disappointing. Everything. I mean, their main player is um, the one, the local boy, um, Worrell, and he got dropped. He got left out. So, yeah, it was disappointing. But at the end of the day, you have, you have to beat what's in front of you. And if you're Manchester United and you're playing against Nottingham Forest, people don't want to see your edge over. They want you to, to beat them well. And to be honest, the only... The only thing wrong with Manchester United's performance yesterday really was the fact of they didn't do themselves justice with the scoreline. Hmm. It should have been bigger, should have should have been more emphatic than what it was. And that, that you go and do that, you send out a message that, that you're missing key players, but you've got players who have come in who want to prove a point. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're quite right. And I felt like, you know, some of the chances, and there were good chances as well. You could say Navas had a good game. Um, but, you know, I did pose the theory last week that, you know, with Casemiro and Fernandez, uh, sorry, Casemiro and Eriksen back, um, it, sh- it could theoretically liberate the forwards if, if we had those players in the midfield that we shouldn't miss Rashford so much. And, you know, I felt really, apart from not scoring as many, I, you know, I don't think that we did miss Rashford. I don't, don't get me wrong, sorry, I, I rephrase that. We miss Rashford because, he, you know, he's not there and not scoring. But we, we've coped without him. We, we created enough against Sevilla. We created enough yesterday to really put that game to bed. Um, I thought Fernandez was brilliant, as you would expect he would be against that standard of opponent once you've liberated that midfield somewhat and you've got Casemiro. Just one issue with him. Just one issue with him. He had one block tackle, 
which he lost out on to oh, I've forgotten the centre half um Atletico Madrid ex Atletico Madrid the big star um, I've forgotten his name I should know it but he had one block tackle and he he didn't win the block tackle and then he wants to have a big argument about it you know point yeah. his finger at a player you know and that that that's, that that was his one moment where he let himself down to be perfectly honest it was a it was a block tackle the lad won the block tackle and he wants to put his finger in his face as if he's attacked him with a knife you know. But sorry, Wayne, I stopped you flowing. Yeah, no, I thought apart from that, yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, ben says story of our season, not really enough goals, but um, especially with the amount of space in midfield, Wayne. Um, Bruno was always dangerous when he at the time, yeah, and he, and he was yesterday created a lot. Um, he did really well, um, but really sort of benefiting from that foundation that Casemiro and Ericsson had. And the the big challenge was could Forrest make a some kind of statement between the lines between Casemiro and you know Maguire and Lindelof. But I thought Maguire uh, Maguire settled down. I thought Lindelof played really well, but I thought you know the other I thought Dallo played exceptional considering that he was asked to play at left back. That Wambasaka played really well. So when you've got strong and confident performers around him, it helps a player settle down. Um, I don't want to get too much on Maguire because people will talk about the penalty incident and. We've certainly talked about Maguire enough. The fact is he came in, we kept a clean sheet and we won the game. You're always going to get rough periods in games. But I want to talk about the positives because you did have Ericsson, who was a late call-up as well because of the fact that Sabitza was injured. Ericsson was absolutely magnificent. We've talked about um, who was the bigger miss. And when you see someone like Ericsson come in and just play like that and keep that midfield ticking over the things that you or most people take for granted, because I remember in the sort of three or four weeks before um, Ericsson was out injured, people were sort of saying that he'd had a dip in form and we, I think we called it straight away and said well, you're going to see what you're missing when he's not there, so when you see him come back and he plays the way that he did um, yeah, alright, we shouldn't have um, left it as long as we did to uh, put the game to bed, but Paul, I mean creating as, as much as we did um, that's a really positive sign at this point in the season Yeah, well, without a doubt I think I did Last time we chatted, I did say sometimes you find that if you're reliant on one striker, it kind of hinders the team in a certain way and you don't go out and maybe make enough chances because you always look dependent on that one person who's going to go and do something for you. And I think we've seen that, that there was, you know, United haven't created that many opportunities again with a, with a Marcus Rashford there. They haven't, they haven't gone and done that. Fernandes has come out and made more opportunities and was more in the game as a focal point yeah. as well. His, his, game, his game was better maybe because of that. And the team suddenly, people seem to take things on. I look at um, Anthony, that yeah. may be one of his best 90 minutes. Yeah. When you look at it as he was consistently in the game and you look at his... He was a threat. He actually seriously looked like a threat. He didn't seem like someone you think you just go near, you, you know, normally we see these performances and you, you just shake your head, but it was more, we saw more end product with him. I mean, you look at the goal he made as well. Yes, he was being pushed away from goal. Dallo doesn't make that run. He could have been virtually on going out to the other touchline, but to make something happen, people have to kind of try to, you have to work hard, you have to move and he, kept running with the ball and Dallow's just made a run off and it just looked it was it was maybe one that run across and it's a straight ball with an angled run. And Andre Konchelskis used to do that all the time. All yeah. day long. Just make those runs 
and be honest, you know, the run made the pass, you know, it's, you know, great movement. And, it, you know, and it, there could have been more of that. But for me, I think Anthony gave his best night in this. Yes, he scored a goal, but everyone can score goals and it papers over cracks. But he didn't need the goal, Anthony, to, for me to say that that's one yeah. of his best 90 minutes I've seen. I'm glad that you said that about Anthony because a lot of people are, you know, quite right. Let's talk about Fernandez playing well and talk about Ericsson playing well and um, the performances from the fullbacks, which I thought were exceptional. But yeah, um, Anthony's had a, a lot of it this week of, you know, especially being taken off against severe, you know, questions about, you know, his ability to sort of lose his head and or keep his head, I should say. Um, so for him to sort of come out with a statement performance, yes, again, Nottingham Forest, all that sort of stuff, but you're quite right. And the thing about Anthony that you've seen, good or bad, is that he doesn't go missing. I mean, Sancho, you... Yeah he can go missing. Anthony doesn't do that. And if he doesn't do that, then you know you've got to play with the right attitude, at least in some respects, to play for a club like United. Because if they don't shrink, if they're brave enough to ask for the ball, that's a massive, massive tick in in their sort of mental capacity to handle playing for the club. club. And yeah, he, he was very good yesterday. Um, and a lot of people have said, and I've been joking about it as well, the sort of running, cutting in and shooting with the left. But I mean, the thing is, he does it and they can't stop him. So if, if he gets the accuracy right and he's still only young, you would imagine that he's going to do that. If they can't stop him doing it and his accuracy gets better, um, then, you know, United have got a significant weapon on their hands. And I think it was a big question for him. So we, the, the, one of the things that I said last week when we talked about it is the players, some of these players are going to need to step up and, okay, Sancho maybe hasn't, but Fernandez and Anthony. Anthony. Fernandez, you would expect him to, but Anthony certainly has. And um, again, when you're talking about the sort of last four or five weeks of the season, um, for Anthony to flourish could be really uh, pivotal in, in the way that um, United's chances are going to be, right? Yeah, that's right. It's, but the, what is, the main thing is that he's gone and done that. The hardest thing now is to go and do it again. And yeah. I think if you play for a Manchester United, you play for a side who wants to achieve something. Consistency is so, so important. It's, it's, you know, people will come out and say, well, it was only Nottingham Forest, they're poor. It doesn't make any difference. You still have to be there. You have to be in the right mindset. Now we've got to look for him to go and get somewhere near to that on Thursday. And then he's got to go and do it again and maybe a bit better than what he'd done before against Brighton at the weekend yeah. as well. So... That, that's that's what the issue is. As well as they've done, they've got to go and replicate that on Thursday in a completely different style game, completely different, and then try and then go at themselves, playing at Wembley, which I still find strange that they're playing semi-finals there, but go and do that at Wembley against maybe one of the best best and most consistent sides in the Premier League for performances, Brighton, you know, yeah. which is a, a seriously tough semi-final when you're missing... You know, your two key centre-halves, to be yep. perfectly honest, the way Brighton play. Yeah, we'll get on to, to those games in a moment. And so Ben says um, about Anthony, he was making some very striker runs in behind. thought that helped the team a lot. And yeah, I think there's a point Gary Neville made in commentary for, on Sky, actually. I think it was actually a fair point that United were creating the kind of chances that City normally create, you know, putting the ball across the byline and you would expect... Mm. You know, and Anthony gets in position to score. You know, the kind of goals that you would always see Sterling score, that, that kind of thing. United were creating a lot of those chances. Anthony gets in to score one. Um, and you would have wanted, you would have wanted Sancho to be a little bit more aggressive in, in trying to be there because there are a couple of moments where 
possibly he could have attacked uh, with a little bit more oomph. You know, he's in the team. He, he's, you know, we're going to see if he improves. It's another big game for him of the week on, on Thursday. And we'll talk about that. I mean, in fact, I guess you want to make a point on Sancho there. I can see that you sort of chopped Yeah, I, I was working yesterday with um, um, my commentator was Kevin Hatchard, who's a, like a German expert. Yeah. He does that a lot. A lot of German would talk sport. He, he sits on Sky as well and does a lot of work on European football, but he knows the German league inside out. And he's a big Sancho fan. But he says the thing about it, he signed Sancho, and when he played for Dortmund, the system was fitted around him. Yeah. He goes, now he's gone, everyone's expecting what they would expect at Manchester United to see a dynamic wide player. You know, but he goes, he's not one of those players who's, who's like that. He's, everything around him is with the ball, playing in, getting it back. And we saw that a few times. And he was he was making those runs and behind. There was one one moment at the end where he's played a ball and he's made that run. It was there for the pass. He never got the ball back. And yeah. that's what he does. I, I personally thought he was, I saw more of him in that game than what I've seen of him in, a, in the, all the rest. He was prominent in that game. Really, really prominent, and he was up against a, um, a tenacious, um, a tenacious um, Nico Williams, who was trying, I think, trying to make a mark. You know, playing there, and he playing really well. But he's having a go as a, as a Liverpool player as well in his own mindset. He wanted to, to make sure, you know, that he had a real go and stop United getting something from that game. But he was up against a very, very competitive fullback, and he and he worked him. He done well when he's making runs. He never got the ball back. So there is there, but it's just about him or maybe United trying to work. And it'd be interesting if if, if you could get brought more into the game. If he's playing with Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw is making doing a lot on his own bombing forward. Sometimes he's taken a lot away from Sancho, and I think it's just about him playing with somebody who's going to work with him. I yeah. thought Dello works with him. Yeah, that was a difference. Dello, yes, he scored that goal, and that was. A great run, but he wasn't consistently doing it, and people suddenly reading a situation and knowing his runs, and he thought about his runs. He he made different, he did different things all the time to make players guess. Luke Shaw does consistently runs in straight lines, and yeah. I think he he suffocates the space that Sancho wants to play in all the time. So yeah. that might be the, that might be the, you know be interesting because now I really want to go and have a look and watch Sancho to see how he played for Dortmund. I can remember him playing, but I wasn't scrutinising scrutinizing him at all. I was just watching Dortmund play as such. But I would really like to see how he played and how he integrated with the fullback. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I suppose that's another thing. If you sat with someone who has watched him a lot, um, mm. then it does give you a different appreciation of what he's actually doing. So that's really... Interesting. So yeah, United yesterday because of the fact that Dallo played fullback and Sancho's right footed, everything was in the middle. Um, and, you know, I didn't mind that because Forrest for some reason didn't plan for it properly, and it helped. You know, United. I think they even tried to play a little bit wider than I would have expected, and because of that, United had so much joy in those kind of areas. It was um, it was a bit strange. Um, ben says um, Rashford used to do that as well, trying to play through. 
uh, players too much. He sometimes still does if you watch him. His dribbling style. He's trying to get there like through players, but it's, it's not. It's not dribbling as with Rashford. He doesn't dribble. He just tries to bulldoze. And if it comes off, everyone everyone says fantastic. If it doesn't come off, then maybe like me when I'm watching, they've got their head in their hands. Yeah. It just it just looks terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Sometimes it comes down to the confidence of the players as well. I mean, when they're not. I mean, last but twelve. 15, 18 months ago when, when Rashford was low on confidence, it was, it was not great to watch. But sometimes, I mean, there have been a couple of times this season, I remember was at Liverpool at home where he, he danced through like three or four players and then it hit a shot that would have been the goal of the season if it had come off. But um, yeah, I think dribbling styles have changed so much this time uh, the, the, in this era where you know players are expected to sort of move quickly through like three or four players, whereas we remember, or I remember, you know, dribbling at speed, lunging tackles, all that sort of stuff. It's tighter because teams play more compact. All right, let's talk about Sevilla. Um, so, started so well. Sabitza scores two goals and then it fell away. Um, so many injuries. Um, you could consider that some of the incidents that happened in the game, particularly the second half, could have been avoided. You know, the subs came a little bit early, perhaps. Um, even though Tenard came out and said, you know, the referee had made sort of warnings that Anthony and Fernandez could get sent off. Um, less um, culpable for the fact you can't do anything about the fact that Varane and Martinez got injured. Um, I did find it funny that people were crediting um, Sevilla with game, good gamesmanship or sport, well, good sportsmanship. I would say um, I would call it gamesmanship because the the fullback was absolutely pitiful, rolling around all the time, and then as soon as they see Martinez. They know that United are going to be down to 10 men for 10 minutes and they're quick to carry him off because it gives you know United a vulnerable backline to get at. And so it proved they score two goals and get a draw when I thought, and I don't think United were brilliant, I thought that they kind of shot themselves in the foot by not taking those chances. You know, Anthony hits the bar, three on, and then Vegos fails to sort of put that chance away. He lays it back for Malassi, who obviously is not a natural finisher in that position. They had two big opportunities to make it 3-0. And from there, Severo basically created nothing apart from one chance at half-time. Then sort of threw everything forward and get a 2-2 draw out of it. Um, it leaves us in this position where the two centre-offs are going to be out for probably the rest of the season. Fernandez is going to be suspended. <clears throat> big question mark over Luke Shaw. But um, you would hope that if United are going to be proactive away from home, that Shaw will play at that left centre half with um, Lindelof at least, you know, to, to push up a little bit. Um, I don't know, Paul. I mean, I, you can look at it and think it was a calamity the last sort of 15 minutes. I don't know if I'm being a little bit too naive or maybe too optimistic to create uh, about our ability to create without Fernandez and, and probably Rashford still out, especially if Sabitz is out as well. But it's because I didn't see much of Sevilla that made me that unduly concerned that I think with 11 players, we've still got a, a good chance to get a goal there. I think we, um, did they, they won in and they were playing Valencia and I saw there was one nil up away to Valencia yesterday. So I don't know if they actually finished off winning that game, but we have to remember is there's a different mentality in Europe regarding, you know, these competitions, these European competitions that the, the boss has always said, never, never, Never sit back and relax 
yeah. until after the game is done when you play in Europe. They won 2 0, by the way, yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah that's virtually was his, his whole thing about Europe. He goes, when he, he believed that when you play in Europe, you, can't, you cannot take your foot off the gas because you never know what's around the corner, regardless of who you're up against. And that's, that was proven. And obviously, there's this not so good record against Sevilla um, as well. But that game, when you play, it will be, you know, you can't judge them off their league form. Go in there with a weakened team, and it's, it is going to be seriously tough. It is going to be tough. It will be, you'll find out about certain players. But what happened midweek, I was sitting almost in this spot um, on Thursday. And then when I saw the substitution at half time, I turned around and I said to my boy, I said, Going to be a big problem here, and he couldn't. He said, "Why?" And I kind of said, "Going to sit too deep. Now, yeah. going to sit too deep and going to allow an average team to have a lot of the ball." And that was the problem. And not that they were great, but doesn't matter who they are. If you allow them a lot of the ball and you allow them to keep knocking balls into the box, it's going to it becomes a problem. Especially yeah. if you're not if you haven't got control of the ball in midfield. That when you get it. And straight away, you're taking advantage of that space that you've been given for them, for what they're trying to do. But you're allowing them onto you. You've got to be able to then get have control of the ball to go and take the go and take liberties going the other way. In other words, you're up against a desperate team trying to get in the game. You take advantage by counter-attacking against them. Want to do it? And obviously, Fernandez was gone. Anthony was gone, and there was there was nothing really there. So they kept constantly coming up and coming up, and it doesn't matter how good you are or what great players you got. You just need that. You need one mistake, or you need an incredible bit of luck, which they got with the second goal. You know, and that and that says it all. And that's the position you put yourself in when you do that. And and to be honest, it was quite notable yesterday as well how deep United was sitting and just. It's just how lucky that they're playing against a Nottingham Forest side who are not very good, who are very poor up front, have not scored enough goals. So they got they got away in that sense that, that made the job easier. But against Sevilla, they didn't get away with it by sitting deep. So as you just mentioned there when you talked about what you may what you would like to see it back for, yeah. I'll be no different and everybody should be exactly the same as well. Because the last thing you can do in United's strength has been one of the greatest strength has been the two centre-halves because they're willing, they want to squeeze up higher. They get the ball and they pass it through. I was watching Lindelof. Every time he's come and played, his performance has been really good because no one talks about him when he plays. Yeah, He's a captain of his country and you watch him play for his national team. He's actually a little bit of a leader, by the way. And I didn't... And, and then I saw him yesterday and I could see him yesterday. Every time... Every time he got the ball or Harry Maguire got the ball, he was swinging his arm, telling him, push on, push on. With that, he wanted him to squeeze up. And, he, and, and, that's, and that says something to me. That says even he knows that he wants to push up when he's got the ball. He wanted the ball to be moved quicker as well. And, and that's why I agree with you that he should play. If Luke Shaw is able to play, Luke should be on the left and he should be on the right. Because yeah. he he actually in that whole game he never put a foot wrong. He yeah. doesn't give people ebgbs every time he's got the ball or he's up against somebody. He matches people. He, he gets he gets something in a way. He makes it difficult. He doesn't make people. He doesn't give people confidence when they play up against him. 
but for some reason he got given that title over over two seasons or a couple of seasons where everyone was blaming him for everything. He was the one, he was the problem when he was, he's never really been a problem. He's been a, a model pro for Manchester United from what he's been through, especially this season when he's hardly played. Yeah. I mean, maybe when he should have been playing. Yeah. I, no, I think his, his reaction in adversity, the, in adversity the, in, in being second choice, um, I think has been magnificent this season. Um, I did have, a lingering question mark over him with um, his ability to come up against strong players. Sometimes he gets bullied a bit too much, but like I think what he's responded really well to is the fact that there's obviously a defensive strategy, and that strategy is to push up. And because he he knows he's part of that strategy, he can work within it. Whereas I think maybe before, maybe without knowing, uh, and this is me without knowing, maybe. Um, they had some kind of communal agreement in the defence that you play to your, play to your strengths and Maguire's strengths were sitting deeper and thinking that you can be comfortable heading everything out. Whereas, like you said earlier, that is all good and fine, but it invites pressure. And that's, um, you know, unfortunately what cost us against Sevilla. Um, before we talk about Brighton, Ben says, a question, he's got a question for you, Paul. He says, is this bad habit of getting complacent mid-game when things are going well? something that the team can change from within or will it take new players? Um, I would say, I think it, it was, that's how it was, to be honest, really, was that initially when it started with Ten Hag after the Brighton and the Brentford game, I think you saw there was a lot of that in that sense of the way the players weren't being complacent. They were being very thorough in everything they'd done. But then it started, then it creeped in again just slight before the League Cup and then more definitely after the League Cup, their performances and levels dropped. So that's about, in my opinion, that's about some of the old school getting back into their habits, they, which they couldn't, they can't shake it off. It's, it's inbred in them in this moment in time. And and bad habits, which that, are they going to lose it while they're Manchester United players? And I think everyone can see that. You When you look at, you look at United's strengths, you know what you know where they are. You know where it's coming from. You know it's, it's the it's the injection of the new blood that has has made the difference. Now, got a bit of the new blood in back in midfield. Now, when you talk you talk about ten, you know you look what he's got now. Ten Hag, he's got Casemiro back. He's got Eriksen back. So bits that should have been starting, but obviously got injured during the warm up. Whatever went on there, but he's got he's got those three in there. So. If he could get to bits of back for Thursday, if not have him there available to the end of the season, because you don't know if Ericsson, you don't want to, you know, you know that you can't, you've got to be careful with him in what the time he was at, but he can't come and play too much too quickly. Otherwise, he's going to get, he's going to get compensation injury, muscle injuries. So you've got to be careful with that. So I think those players, and if you can get maybe Varane back in that back line, and maybe a bit, um, a Luke Shaw back in a better, better mental state than what he was before he got injured. Then you, there's a really positive chance that United will succeed in getting, getting that Champions League spot all sorted out. Should have been sorted out by now, to be perfectly honest. But they hit that patch just prior to the League Cup and definitely after, which cost them dearly. I think just before that, before that League Cup, I mean, at one point United were four points away from Manchester City. Yeah. For for when all of a sudden it went to eighteen, 
and that yeah. tells you how, how much they dropped off and how Manchester City have just stepped on. Yeah. They've just stepped on as win, 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 goals, goals, goals. But the, the good thing is that the results around us at the moment are, are they're being good. And I think Newcastle play Spurs next week as well. So one of those teams is going to drop points again, at least. So United, are, I wouldn't say that they've got a buffer, but they, they, they will have a buffer if they win the games in hand. And they've got some tricky away games coming up, but they've also got some quite um, good on-paper home games. Um, not, I mean, Chelsea at home. Chelsea are sort of wanting the season to finish. You've got Wolves at home, which, you know, I think Fulham at one point as well, maybe. Um, so some good on-paper fixtures, although every game is something to be taken by um, on its own merits at the moment. And that takes us to the semi-final this time next week, Paul. We're, I really don't know what to expect. We could be out of two cups. We could be in one final. Um, and in a semi-final in the other, we could be in, in both with the season prolonging. Uh, I really don't know what to expect. Um, the thing is, what I will say is that if we're not in either of cup competitions by this time next week, then I would still not be catastrophizing, depending on the way that we are eliminated, if that is to be the case, because of the fact that we've won a trophy, we are in this decent position in the league where you would expect all being well that United should navigate that fixture list quite well and finish in the top four. So anything else would be a bonus from this point is what I'm trying to say. Um, but Brighton, they've been so good. They've won again at the weekend with an incredible goal. Um, they've just been so good since Potter moved on and Deserby has been just incredible as, as a manager. Um, they're in seventh. They've got multi-threat um, capacity throughout the team. They've got Mitoma, who I'm the list players who I'd be quite happy to see at Old Trafford. Mitoma, Ferguson, Caicedo, you know, they've got some, and they're just three. There's probably more. Three magnificent players who um, Caicedo's definitely bullied United in the past. Um, they've been so good in the cup run as well. They battered Liverpool. Um, at home twice, twice, yeah. but in the cup, they took them apart, they really took them apart in the cup. Um, so they're going to be up for it. Big, nice pitch to play on as well. Which probably, I mean, if, if anything could be their undoing, it could be playing at Wembley in the semi final and it being a bit bigger that United could slow the game down a little bit. Um, you know, Wembley notoriously not a pitch for wingers or wide play, but that means that United are gonna have to get, um, all the elements right because the last couple of times we've played Brighton, albeit under Potter, we've had lessons to be fair back in the last season when the confidence was really low. To be fair, Brighton have usually um, ravaged us when we've been low on confidence. I can remember bad games under Solskjaer, under Mourinho. We've had big beatings off um, Brighton before. Um, so I don't think anyone's going to be taking them for granted which I suppose really is the best way that we can prepare for the game, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, one of the things is you're saying that is that United very rarely lose semi-finals, FA Cup semi-finals in certain ways. We're definitely under Sir Alex anyway. There was always that bit, not not losing them when they got, got to semi-finals. And Brighton are just, well, they are what they are. They, and you said it all, said it all is that, um, he's come in, the new manager, Deserby, and 
there was, I'm sure there was, well, it's been public knowledge now, it's been brought out everywhere that a certain person said that Deserby wouldn't be good enough. No one, he doesn't know the league. Um, all that stuff come out by somebody. And look at, look at them, Brighton have shifted on. They were a good side under Graham Potter, but they're a better team now. They're more progressive team. They're a little bit more aggressive. They're not, they, they're not soft. Certainly don't roll over anymore. They go behind after dominating games. You knew then that they would just practically give in. They don't give in anymore. They keep going and going and going. And their two performance against Liverpool this season um, says it all. When you see, I think, he, yeah, he scored there. Trossard scored. Did he get a hat-trick or was it a double he got there? Trossard, early season at Anfield. He got a hat-trick, didn't he? he was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, went, you know, and then I saw him play the cup game at home as well. I mean, they've, they've been absolutely amazing, Brighton. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of United fans who are worried about this semi-final, really, really worried about it. You know, City have definitely had the, the luck of the draw in certain ways in what they've got. And, and if you're Sheffield United, the last thing you wanted to see is the form that City are in at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, players, their big players have suddenly stepped on, which you'd expect if you're, you know, you're a club who wants to achieve things, you expect your big players to, you know, step out and show those and come and deliver, which they're doing now. And they've, they've hung in there, really, because initially after the, um, once the season restarted, City never got going. They were really struggling to get over the line. So I still believe, I still got, you know, still got that feeling that after the weekend, United will still be in two cup competitions. I've just got that, just got really? that feeling. Yeah, I've just got that feeling they will be. They've just got to start right and be mentally right in Seville, in Seville, I should say, in Seville, and and they'll be fine if they if they start right. If and if you're if you are Seville and you've watched that game at the weekend, you know exactly where you're gonna where you're gonna detail yourself. If a certain player's playing, you know what you're gonna do. You can harass him because you know that he will crack. And, that's, and that is the one weakness I see that you know could be Manchester United's um, problem. If they, if, if Harry Maguire is to play, Sevilla would see that and get up against him, knowing that he will panic and he will, he would be more concerned about the player rather than the ball. Yeah, um, I, I did feel I've got to say, like you know, we've talked about this before. We, I think we give fair criticism on the podcast to players. I, I do. Sometimes, well, I think we did it last season as well, draw the line at some point when it looks like players are suffering too much and you don't want to sort of add to that. And I'd put Maguire in that category and um, I, I probably did at the back end of last season. Um, you do sort of still, when he's played, you, you say whether he played well or or give him criticism in, in the way that it's expected. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Yesterday, I felt sorry for him for 25 minutes. I, I genuinely felt sorry for him because I thought that it looks quite out of his depth. And if um, Nottingham Forest are targeting you and thinking you're going to get joy, then that's a, you know it's a grave concern. And he was very, very lucky, Wayne, that they they stopped doing it. They, I mean, it's just like it's so old-fashioned. I think even even a dog and duck who play in the pub league, if they saw a player like that against him and got an early yellow card. <clears throat> They'd have been running past him all day long. Keep running, keep trying to run beyond him because he'll try and keep blocking you off. They never done it. They, they, they didn't do it. And if you're Steve, Steve Cooper, you think yourself, you know he's an intelligent man. You know his coaching ability. He's got everything. 
And you think to yourself, he must have said that. But the players, and it tells you the position he's in, his players are not are not absorbing it. They're not they're not taking it in. Yeah. Just by the way they played, they they were so naive. And when you've got someone like him who's very, very studious in, in what he does, that tells me that there's big problems at Forest because they're not listening, not yeah. listening at all to him. No, that's fair. But I will also, in criticising Maguire, as I just did, I do want to say that, you know, he did recover well. I, still not to the extent that I would feel comfortable that we, you know, that we line up anywhere different than the way in which I just said for a European, uh, a big European away game. Uh, I, I really do think United's strength is going to be in taking this, but obviously it depends on the fitness of the players as well. Um, Malassia, um, whether or not he'll be in is another thing. I mean, <laughs> Every fullback has been running to the ground. It looks like um, you know we've got Dallow. At least he played well at Forest, so he'll be confident enough if um, if called upon to play in the left hand side on Thursday night. It's going to be another massive week. But you know, I'll tell you what. Um, Paul saying that he, he thinks we'll be in two cup competitions. That was going to be my last question. Um, this time next week is um, fills me with a little bit more optimism. I'm not quite as confident as that, but. Um, I'll take it from from Paul, hopefully, and you know, next time, next week, we will be talking about um, United having navigated two difficult ties in in the cup, and yeah, looking forward to probably seeing the final because they are going to take apart Sheffield United. Who I feel quite sorry, probably got a few mates are going down from Sheffield for that one. Um, <laughs> they're not going to be. Well, it's a long way to go to see a team play Man City at Wembley as Watford found out a few years ago. At least make it competitive. Um, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for taking part today. If you've watched live on YouTube or Facebook, uh, feel free to get your comments in on the replays because we do reply. If you're listening back on the audio podcast as well, um, subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Until next week, guys, stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.